got to earn it. You have to earn it. I want you to earn it. You're listening to the Earned This Podcast, where a community of ambitious people just like you are transforming their potential into progress towards their best self. So what's the mission? Our mission? To arm you with tactical strategies to obliterate all obstacles. So listen now, act after, and earn this with your host, Kyle Kuyat. All right, what is going on, everybody? My name is Kyle Kuyat, and welcome to episode 17 of the Earn This podcast. Our goal, if this is your first time listening, is to make you better today than you were yesterday. And through interviews, stories, and strategies, we help you do exactly that. All I ask in return is that if you did find value out of today's episode, that you just simply share it with a friend. So I know you will find value out of today's episode, guys, because we have a very special guest and someone that emulates all those qualities above Mr. Jacob O'Connor. Jake, welcome to the podcast, my friend. Thank you, Kyle. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So, Jake, I've been doing a little digging. You got you and I have never talked uh, prior to this a whole lot in person, so I'm really excited about today. I know some of my viewers will be too. Um, but what's crazy and what struck me first about everything that it is you're doing is that you're still in high school. And as we just mentioned before off camera there, uh, you know, one week left in high school. So, Give the people here a little bit of background as to what it is that you do. Um, guys, he's not your average high school student. Jake has a lot more than, <laughs> well, he does a lot more than most people do, especially at high school when I was your age, man. And one of the things that impressed me the most is that you don't just talk the talk, that you walk the walk. So give us a little background about your story and who you are. Yeah, so for me, it all really starts like my end of sophomore year going into my junior year of high school. Um, there was a program at my school called the Monroe County Startup Program, which it's a very elite program. But essentially what happens is if you get picked to be in this class for, for the first two hours of every school day, you're not in school. You're actually traveling to different businesses, learning about their companies, um, listening to guest speakers and different stuff like that. So that was my first exposure into entrepreneurship, kind of the lifestyle and all of the different the business world. And I loved it. Like there was some super boring stuff and speakers I didn't find interesting but it was completely worth it whenever like I just saw it start to saw, see my paradigm shift and like all the different possibilities that are out there in this world and stuff like that. Um, and I kind of realized from that point that like, I don't have to wait to get to college. I don't have to wait till I graduate to start doing something that a makes me money and B that I enjoy. And so at the end of that program, my junior year we're challenged to either start a business or a service or create a product. Um, I chose to create a product for truck drivers to help alleviate back pain and promote better posture because there's a lot of problems with the shock vibrations with them getting different types of cancer from the shocks um, from all the vibrations going on in the in the trucks and whatnot so i worked with a local company that sells and manufactures uh, wheelchair cushions globally uh, and so i was very fortunate that they're local to us because they're the number one in like that industry um, and so they ended up being really impressed with i guess my drive and my my intelligence they hired me last summer to work as an intern for them. So I worked all summer on their product development team, helping them think of new product ideas, researching different stuff, running tests on the products. Um, and it was during that time that I had a little bit of downtime, just kind of doing some of the busy work. You know, I was the new kid on the block. Um, I was 20 years younger than the youngest guy there, you know, so <laughs> I, I had a little bit of downtime and I started listening to a bunch of music, ran out of music and I said, okay, let's try out podcasts. Like, what is this? So I started listening to different podcasts, um, Casey Adams, which is Rise the Young, and then Joel Brown, Addicted to, to Success. Those podcasts were the first two I listened to. 
I fell in love with them. Like just the fact that these guys got to sit down with these incredible high performers. They got to pick their brain, whatever. It was super interesting to me. And I kind of thought like, well, why can't I do this? Because I'm, I'm very legacy driven. Like I want to make a difference, have an impact with everyone. And so I was thinking this is perfect for a legacy route. And it also is perfect for my fascination with what separates the high performers from the average Joes. So I took both those, combined them up, combined them together. Um, seven months ago, back in September, I started the Venture Mentality Podcast. And here we are. That's awesome, man. You've had some great success with that so far. I was listening through uh, to quite a few over the last week or two. And how did you, so I guess a couple of things. And the first thing I really want to hit on is, A, to start going back to that startup program that you mentioned. What a cool idea. I've never heard of such a thing. I, I've never, I wish I had that whenever I was growing up. I know you probably hear a lot of people talk about that. And I'm not sure I'm not the first one to say that. Um, but did now did that shift your perspective? Because obviously, you signed up for it, or you were invited to it as some form. But I'm always curious, did you already have this, this drive, this entrepreneurship mindset? Or did actually going through the motions and learning hands on help accelerate that for you? Um, well, I was, I was the kid who was like always mowing people's lawns. Um, I bought a bunch of pop sockets on Alibaba for super cheap and I sold them to different people and stuff like that to make a couple bucks and things like that. So I guess I was, you know, I, I knew that there was ways that you could make money without, you know, necessarily being taxed right away and stuff like that, or having to work long hours. So I always kind of knew that that was there. I always thought for the longest time I was going to be an engineer, just like my dad, just like my brother. But it was really this program that kind of shifted my mindset. So it was a little bit of both. Ah, I, and that's, I mean, that's so cool just to be able to get that hands-on experience. And now you're going into college with experience that people won't even have post-college. It may take them years to even get that and attain that. So that's excellent, man. You got a great track record to back it up. Now, prior to that, obviously, you didn't have a huge track record, right? I mean, you're still in high school, right? You still have done some things. So a lot of my listeners are young adults that are trying to become better, right? So one of the things that you and I and everybody else is really in the same boat at our age is trying to prove themselves, but also getting those opportunities. You've had some great names on your podcast. Sean Whalen's a guy that I follow all the time, as well as David Meltzer. And then you recently interviewed the co-founder of Netflix, right? Yes, sir. So what have you done? How have you leveraged your lack of experience per se with your minimal experience that you have to get these people on your show and then to also believe in yourself in order to, to take that step? Because that's a monumental step. As much as people don't want to admit it, uh, it certainly takes a lot of courage to, to go ahead and do that. So how would, you, how would you describe that about yourself? Yeah, so I'm trying to think of where to start here. So I had about two weeks ago, I was talking about my podcast and like, um, leveraging stuff like leveraging credibility and stuff like that. And I had a lady message me and say, like, you're in high school, like what credibility could you possibly have? And mm -hmm. I was like, it, it didn't like upset me, but it almost made me laugh because I'm like, that's just the difference of how you're thinking versus like how I'm thinking, how other people think. Like my age does not define me. You know, Andy Frisella, um, huge fan of him, he's gonna be on the podcast soon always talks about your entrepreneurial age. So it's not necessarily like how old you are, but how much experience you have. And so the, the reason that like, I have been able to have these people on the podcast, my age obviously helps, but it's some it's a new concept that I was very foreign to, but in the last couple months, I realized it, it's called social proof. And social proof is like, 
the most valuable asset you could have. Like pe people always talk to me about like making money and stuff like that. I'm like, right now I'm just working on a network because like my network is expanding to people that most people will never have the opportunity to meet and connect with and stuff like that. And so how you do it is you start off with one person and you start to leverage that connection. It's important for you not to come off as manipulative or using them. But you know, look, if you look back the way that I did it, um, I had my first interview was with someone called Emil Steenveld. A lot of people don't know who that is, but he is business partners with Joel Brown, who runs Addicted to Success, millions of downloads, super huge platform that Joel runs. And so what I did was I said, okay, I want to have Joel on the podcast at some point. Let me get to know Emil first. And so I got to know Emil. I was messaging him. He ended up being my first interview and super genuine, you know, all of it was super transparent and it was nice. And then, you know, I eventually, after that interview, a couple of weeks later or something like that, after helping him returning the favor and whatnot, I eventually said, Hey, like, do you think you could introduce me to Joel? I didn't ask him to convince Joel. I didn't ask him to do anything. I just said, can you make the introduction? And so from that point on, it's just been saying, okay, looking at my track record and saying, okay, I had a meal on. Is there a chance that you would be interested to come on, Joel? And then after Joel, it goes to David Meltzer, after David Meltzer, Sean Whalen, Sean Whalen, to co-founder of Netflix and a hundred other people. So it's just how I've done it is by saying, I got these people to say yes. And by mentioning those people, they're 10 times more likely to say yes to you because, well, if my friend said, yeah, I'll go on your podcast, well, why wouldn't I? You must have had some sort of cred credibility to convince him. Right. And there's a lot of valuable lessons to be had in that, especially in business. I mean, I'm, you know, in, in, from my standpoint, social proof is something that, you know, whether it's to a customer, right? And you can use that same principle to gather more customers. You can use that same principle to like yours, like exactly what you're doing, you know, gather more opportunities, expand your network. And who knows where that leads, you know, in not even 10 years from now, but five years from now, three years from now, right? When you're out of college and, and doing whatever it is you're going to be doing a couple of years down the road. And, and speaking of that, you know, what's, what's your goal? Because, you know, you said you have a couple of weeks here till this high school career is all wrapped up and you're on to the next step, but further than just education and checking that box off, what do you see for yourself three, five, 10 years down the line? What is the purpose of starting venture mentality and where do you want that to evolve into? Yeah. So venture mentality is, it's my, it's, it's my baby, you know, it's like, this is my legacy route. So obviously well, not obviously, but this isn't going to be the whole thing for me. This is just a stepping stone. You know, I started off completely new to the game and I'm looking at this as a tool to connect with people and a tool to inspire people. And so I think that one of the really important things for myself to look at, especially when I started this is like, what is my end goal? And so I want to run a company, obviously I don't have to know what that is, but because of the fact I have the podcast, I can keep putting out content with this, keep growing a following. And whenever I figure out what it is, the snap of my fingers, I'll have all people from my audience already supporting me for this new company and whatever it is. So if I make a program or something like they know, and they trust me from the last years and consistency of putting out episodes, boom, they'll hop on that. If I start a company and it's some sort of service and they're interested, I'm already 10 steps ahead of the last person that they used because they already know me and I have a track record with them. So one of the things also that is definitely an end goal is to start doing public speaking. Um, you know, getting up on stage, sharing the knowledge that I've learned, very similar to what we're doing right here, except um, it's really my goal before all of this was I want to end up on stage helping people. And uh, quick backstory. So in October, I applied for a grant to help fund the podcast and everything. 
in January, I found out that I won that grant. So I was very fortunate. They wow. invited me out to New York in May to speak at their event. So I was almost, I was this close to checking off that box of starting my public speaking career. And then the <laughs> coronavirus hit. And wow. so, you know, I'm figuring out the lesson and everything like that right now of like how to take a lesson or how to take an opportunity that didn't happen and like, you know, turn it into a lesson and learn from it. But it just reassures me that like that future that I want to have is still happening right now. It's amazing. You know, when you say certain things and you do certain things to reverse engineer, then all of a sudden, you know, in a very short amount of time, it's like, wow, holy heck, here I am. You know, it's, it's happening. I'm curious, brother, I got to ask you this question. So for me, back when I was in high school, which I'm 25, so it wasn't all that long ago, but Call of Duty was starting to be a big, a big thing at the time. And I had a Call of Duty channel back in the day that I didn't want anybody to know about, but I amassed almost 100,000 subscribers on my YouTube wow. at the time. Wow. I was one of the original Call of Duty people, and I don't even talk about that. I, I, would, I would never bring it up in high school. I was terrified. And there was actually a kid that moved to my school, and I was in 10th grade. I believe he was in 9th grade. And he recognized me, and he was calling me by my YouTube name. I'm like, I don't want anybody to know. And I guess it's the immaturity in me, and I can talk about it so I'm blue in the face, but having those conversations behind closed doors with people, a lot of people still feel that same pressure that was maybe more a reality in high school, right? So whenever you started the podcast, I'm not sure what your friend circle looks like or anything like that, but I'm sure there was a couple people that maybe behind closed doors or through the grapevine you heard maybe have said some things that were bad or maybe didn't have that at all. But in your mind, was there any self-doubt and how did you overcome that? Um, absolutely. Like self-doubt is a hundred percent there. Um, and when you say overcome it, you know, I, what I'm learning is like, you don't really overcome it. You just have highs and lows and you learn how to handle the lows. And, you know, I could be completely wrong, but from my experience, it's like one moment I'm at the top of the world. Like when I got done interviewing Mark Randolph, the co-founder of Netflix, I was like, okay, like I could keep up with anyone. Like I'm the best, the best. But then the next day when I'm sitting there emailing hundreds of people and trying to reach out and get more people for the show, it's like, oh, I really feel like I'm just a day one. Like nothing's happened since I started. And it's just really learning how to be extremely grateful, even in the low points, because those low points are inevitably going to happen. But what makes it so much easier is when you can focus and actually look back and say, okay, don't get yourself worked up. Look at this list that you've acquired. Look at these people you've connected with. And you, it's important to have a couple of close friends who will who will pick you up like that. Like there's times where it's like not like intentionally or like trying to be like super modest to the point where someone compliments me. But like I'll be like, you know, this isn't going as well as I want or something like that. And people have to stop and be like, Jacob, you had this person on your show. Jacob, you've done this. You've done this consistently. You went through that. You went through this. And it's just those people there to help support you and help keep you going. They really help keep the perspective. So if my advice for anyone is if they want to get started with something, don't let doubt be the reason you don't do it. Because any person who starts a business, whether it's 100% sure, is going to have some form of doubt. It's just the person who keeps doing it consistently and starts to learn from their mistakes that's going to keep going and it's going to win. It's almost like your own social proof right? It's almost your own social proof for yourself that starts to build that self-confidence. You mentioned Andy Frisella. That's a guy that talks about that story all the time. I've followed Andy for a couple of years. Um, but that's exactly the truth, man. I mean, doing things that you can look back on and you can say, hey, you know what? I, I have done this before. I've done something like this. Or if I haven't, I'm going to figure it out. Because worst case scenario, like you said in the beginning, it's a perspective matter where then you can flip the script and turn the negative mm -hmm. to a positive. So right now we're recording this in the 
COVID-19 coronavirus, uh, whatever you want to call it, pandemic. What's your advice to people as far as being productive in this time? And it sounds like you certainly are and you've mastered the skill or at least are continuously working on the skill of being productive, especially when you have a full schedule with high school, right? A lot of people also want to start things and have a full schedule with work. How do you do time management for yourself and stay productive when everything else is going on in your life? Yeah, it's it's really like super subjective. It depends on the person. I know people who will schedule their day down to the minute. Mm-hmm. I'm not that kind of person. It's like I will start off, I will write down what I need to do each day. And it's like you just got to get it done because what you don't realize is a lot of the stuff you put down is going to take a lot longer than you realize. And then there's also times where it's like it's impossible to have time management. Example, so I played varsity basketball this year. Um, and so there was nights where I would come home from school and I, I decided to take – a bunch of AP courses this year. So AP courses mixed with varsity sports and of course, entrepreneurial venture um, can cause a little bit of a challenge. So I would get home from school, go straight um, into doing AP homework until I left for the basketball game. I get home from the basketball game around midnight. I still need to record the next day's episode, edit it, release it and finish up homework. So there was nights where I'd be recording at midnight or stuff like that, or even 1am that may be happening for multiple nights in a row. And so what I realized is that like, it's not as much of managing your time as much as the mentality of you just have to find a way to get it done. I love that, brother. You're an impressive dude, my friend. You're going to be somebody, I can just tell that in a few short years or even 10, 20 years from now, you're going to do exactly what you're going to say you're going to do, which is appreciate you know, that. on stages. I'm not sure exactly where that takes you. Um, but whatever is you set your mind to, my friend, that's that's something that's going to stick with you for a long time. I'm very impressed. Um, man, I <laughs> I just am trying to think back to whenever I was your age and when I was in high school going into college. I went to college to to party and drink. And for me, that was something that, you know, I, I, I got to school. I got to college. And after a semester, I joined a fraternity. And it just wasn't my thing. This wasn't really feeling it. Um, and I did my undergrad in three years and then I, I, I moved and, and got a full-time job and, and progressed my career through there. But I guess what would be your advice from your perspective now, because it's even changed since I've done it. And that's why I want to start this whole podcast. And this change was because I wanted people on the show that weren't, you know, maybe in their fifties and forties and have, have done that. And that certainly has its purpose, but especially diamonds in the rough and people like you, I think there's a lot of people that are your age and our age that are younger that want to take that step and really initiate and go all in on their goals. Like with you, with AP classes, you know, your varsity sports looks like you're still doing your workout stuff. Right. And I mean, everything else here and in between, how do you make that shift? What would be your advice to somebody that maybe it's a friend or maybe you have a story that goes along with this, but, what would be your advice to somebody that maybe is in that still sort of immature realm or maybe sees life through a different scope to see all the opportunities on the other side of the fence if they just put their mind to something? What would be your advice for somebody like that? Um, my advice, you know, it's really hard because when people ask me this question, like I always try and stay away from like cliche sayings and stuff because one of the things that I hate is like, I think it's important to spread positive messages, but I think so many people are putting out and just regurgitating the same messages and they're starting to lose their meaning. And right. so what I, what I try and always like tell people is like, 
I try and make it practical. I try and stay away from like abstract saying stuff like you can do anything you set your mind to and stuff like that. I try and say like, this is actually something that I do with my friends. Um, sometimes just to help them out. I do it with myself, but I'll say, what does your like dream life look like? What does your most successful, your most happy day in the future, what does that look like to you? And they might say like, oh, well, you know, I'm at my lake house that I can afford, you know, I have a regular house too. And like, I'm with my family and stuff like that, or I'm making millions of dollars a year and stuff like that. And so I'll take whatever it is that they said, I'll, I'll try and focus on one thing and I'll take one step back and I'll say, okay, well, what job is it that you're working that you make millions of dollars a year? And they're like, well, I don't know, like I'm young. And so from that point, I'll go, okay, well, what is it you enjoy doing right now? And once they say like, oh, well, you know, I really enjoy talking to people or I really like math or something like that, then I try and say like, okay, well, you know, that you can make careers out of these things. And it's not, so what I try and do is detach like the fact of this huge goal. I try and detach it from that and I try and break it down into, well, here's a simple step you could take this way and a simple step you could take this way. I don't try and pretend like I have all the answers, but I try and say like, I know a guy who's done this, this, this sounds similar to what you want to do and look at where he is. So I just slowly start to try and shift their paradigm to the fact that that is achievable if you want that. That's true. And, and, and that's something important. Like you said, you know, for something that goes in my mind that I always try to think of is someone's got to do it. You know, why not me? Right. And if someone's done it, it can be done. So, and again, that's not those cliches, but that's really kind of where you have to start. And then you follow whether it's the steps or, or something else that they've done. Last question for you, brother. And this is something that I think a lot of people struggle with. This is something that I had a hard time with. And I really want to know coming from your shoes, especially as being in high school, it's a totally different world. But how do you find people that are like-minded like yourself? You talk about building a network, right? And you've obviously reached out to people that aren't maybe in the your age category quite as much. But what would be your advice to someone that's maybe younger, maybe in a new city or going off to a new college like you are, right? Where you're not going to maybe know a whole lot of people there. Where would you target? Or maybe even if you already do have a friend group, how do you then find people that are like-minded like yourself so then you can grow together rather than being in that circle of people that's holding you back? Because we know that happens too. What would be your advice for someone like that? Yeah, so I, I was thinking about this earlier today, actually. Um, so my, my friends, I have, you know, like I'm friends with everyone. Like I'm very personable and stuff like that. I can fit into any group. But like the people that are like close to me that are my age, there's probably five to 10 of them. There's not a large number. I don't need a large number of people. But what I've realized, and I was thinking about this today, is that a lot of the people that I identify with, a lot of people, a lot of people that I connect with, and like, you know, I consider to be like somewhat friends, like they're way older than me. Like they're 20s, 30s, 40s, like they're people from the podcast. They're people that, you know, I, I think like them. And I don't want to like put myself into their category, but it's like when I say something, it makes sense to them. Whereas if you were to say the same thing to another 18-year-old senior in high school, they'd be like, bro, what the heck are you talking about? And so they, there's always the saying of like, um, you're the average of the five people you hang around. And so you, you want to make sure and monitor your group very closely, but like-minded people will attract you. And it's just one of the weird things of how the world works. And so the first thing that you got to do if you want these people to come into your life is get rid of the ones that are there that aren't serving you. And so I would get super lonely. Like there, there was a point where it was like, I felt a compulsive need to be liked by all these people and to be in these different social groups. And then one day I just stopped trying and it was like, I, this isn't making me happy. And so I started to think of, 
like, well, what is it that I'm looking for and stuff like that? And it was a long period of time until finally, like, I don't know, maybe around the podcast, it was probably around my junior year, whenever I started that program that I started to realize, well, these are the kind of people that I want in my life that are keep pushing me forward. And a lot of them were the mentors being offered to the class or the speakers being offered to the class. They were the people who were doing exceptional things. And so I just always try and hang out or talk to people that I know are a step above me. Oh, that's great. I, I, I love it. And I couldn't agree with you more. That's something that going back to high school and college and even my younger days, right? If I can go back and give myself one piece of advice, it would be not to just seek people just to be some part of click because yeah. <laughs> after a yeah. couple of years, it doesn't really matter anymore. So, and, and, the, and there's something I want to add to that actually. So yeah. a lot of, a lot of the ways that people look at it is like, let's, let's pretend hypothetically it's Friday night. You've got a bunch of people at a party and then you've got um, a college workspace and there's some guy in the corner with the light on, like going super hard on something, just looks super into it. I've always been the person who's more attracted to like go sit down with that guy in the corner and be like, bro, what are you doing? Then to go sit at some giant social gathering and like, you know, do whatever it is that they're doing. But I've always been like, I want to know what that guy's doing. He looks super into it, looks super passionate. Like what is driving this guy right now? So I've always been the one to migrate towards that direction more. Ah, that's great. And then another thing too, to go back to your perspective, I mean, to, for me personally, and I think for a lot of people too, and maybe even in your experience as well, uh, you know, going through those other times when I was doing things that weren't serving me and that I wasn't happy about, those are times that I can always look at whenever I am that guy in the corner grinding away or I am by myself grinding away or lonely or whatever it is. I'm like, you know what? This really is making me happy because I know those other things that are out there for me and they don't serve me and I've tried that before. I guess it's kind of going back to, you know, doing the the building blocks of where you want to be and who do you have to become in order to do that. And that's just a necessary step. A lot of times is cutting things out that don't serve you, like you said. So then you can add things in that do, whether it's people, places, things, whatever it may be. So Jake, my friend, I really enjoyed today. Thanks. Uh, thanks for coming on. I, I'm excited about this one. I think a lot of people are going to find value out of it. I have a quite a few people that I know that are still around, you know, your age and going up through college too. And man, I wish I could have heard this interview and, and got to talk to you just for 20, 30 minutes back whenever I was your age, brother, it would be, uh, it'd be cool, but I'm very impressed. Uh, thank you for coming on today. And, uh, any last words? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I appreciate you, um, you having me on. And if there's, if anyone wants to connect with me, like to learn more, if there's anyone I can help out, um, you can find me on Instagram at the Jacob OC or at venture.mentality um, podcast force venture mentality. But everything I put out, like I don't charge anyone for it. Like it's all free. It's all coming out of my own expenses and stuff. So I'm just really trying to help anyone who needs help. I don't want people to feel like they're alone. I don't want people to feel weird for having like these, these passions, these strives to do different things like that. For the longest time I was like, why do I always feel like so much more intense than other people? Like I might not be vocalizing it, but I'm always like, why are other people like, like in different circumstances, like why were they not going as hard as I felt like they should stuff like that. So if you identify like that, if you need help with something, feel free to reach out to me. I'm happy to help you guys. Yeah, that's awesome, brother. Guys, definitely check out his stuff. I've went through quite a few of his podcasts. He has some, obviously some great guests down there. Um, Jake, I'll link all your stuff in the description. So guys, go ahead and check that out. As always, thank you so much for watching and listening, depending on how you're viewing this today. I'm Kyle Kuyat. This is Jacob O'Connor, and we will see you guys next time.